of the Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. I know why you're here, Neo. I know what you've been doing, why you hardly sleep, why you live alone, and why you, night after night, you sit by your computer. You're looking for him. I know because I was once looking for the same thing, and that's when he found me. He told me I wasn't really looking for him. I was looking for an answer. It's the question that drives us, Neo. It's the question that brought you here. You know the question just as I did. That was Trinity, the Matrix. Hey, Latoya. <laughs> we are joined by special returning guest, Caroline Franke. What's up, Caroline? Hi, I didn't prepare a monologue, so... <laughs> you do not need to. All I've got is hi. Well... It's a classic. We're, we're, we're introing... I mean, I veritably, I think this is one of Latoya's favorite shows, favorite <laughs> episodes, favorite everything. Oh, it just explains so many things. We watch, we watch <laughs> it really does. I mean, Caroline, is this your first time watching this? Yes, the show. Mine too. It does really. It, it, it really does very well with most of what Latoya is about. But we watched <laughs> Silk Stocking season three, episode three, the perfect alibi. Dun and dun dun. I mean, can we just like even appreciate the Hulu description of it? There's so much shade just from the Hulu description. What's the description? Please share. Oh uh, wait. Um, two Palm Beach homicide detectives investigate crimes they call silk stockings, murders that expose the seamy and steamy side of high society. The investigations frequently involve going undercover to expose macho men or their beautiful women companions who tend to lounge about in swimwear or lingerie. During the first season, the detectives face ghosts from their past and push the envelope of their job descriptions, all the while swapping sexual innuendos and dating other people with disappointing results. <laughs> yes. That's they the really show. Do not like this. So that's first of all the show and Hulu's disdain for it in a nutshell, and also Latoya right. in a nutshell, and I love yeah, it. Yeah, kind of. All the while swapping sexual innuendos and dating well, other people. The episode <laughs> starts with so I good. Think one of the I mean, we thought Skim was like high provocativeness. This is like a full-on just strip scene. It was like the most softcore we've ever watched. I was so confused about this apparent. There was a club where they just videotaped people grinding on each other. <laughs> it it's crazy. a security camera, so... And even even the, the, the strip scene is so 90s because, like, her outfit is just such a... It's everything about it. I can't even describe it. There are so many it. great outfits in this episode of television. Lots of good outfits. There's yeah. a backless white romper in that I'm club. I'm partial oh, to great. the blue velvet entire mm-hmm. situation. And I honestly was digging, like, basically, it was almost like Miami Vice meets, yes. like, like, nowadays. Like, it's kind of like if you did a reboot of Miami Vice, they'd wear these kind of outfits. Even though, obviously, they're still out of date, a lot of their stuff, but I don't know. Like, some like at the very end, too, we get two, like, muscle, like, uh, criminals wearing, like, what I don't know what we call those. Like, those little skinny tank tops. <laughs> like, those, like, uh, like, hammer pants or something. Like, it, it was just beautiful. Like, this is exactly what you want to see on television. <laughs> Some right? really good pattern mixing. It's so yes. good. Throughout. Very much so. Lots so, of very lot good of... monochromatic pantsuits. Amazing, and then lots of like um, shoulder pads and all that kind well, of yes. stuff. Well, yes, I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> but so, like, I mean, it starts out with the stripper, the intro, but it also then immediately cuts to. Well, it's is that even what's happening in that scene? Well, we're not even there yet because first, it's uh, Chris, uh, Rob Estes character, is hitting on Carrie Ann Moss. Obviously, oh, I don't remember that. So, what exactly? Oh, you missed that completely? Yeah, because first, the first scene, it's. <laughs> 
it's it, the more I find a way. Um, it's literally like the sexy dancing, everything. So it's like, okay, that's which the is thing like that vaguely coordinated, club. right? There's a little yeah, bit yeah. there that's kind I, of coordinated, yeah. and then they kind of let it go, like they didn't have time to all learn the same dance. Exactly. At one point, I thought maybe it's also a music video shoot because there was yeah synchronized dancing at one point, and yes. it was very strange. Um, but yeah, so they keep showing some dude in a portable telephone. And Chris is flirting with Carrie Ann Moss, and they're talking about how he he brings up the fact because like you couldn't pay him to go up there and dance. Like, then why are you at a club where people are dancing apparently pretty competitively at this point? And, right, and they are. Yeah, he's like, you couldn't pay me. It's like, why are you here? And she's like, maybe you just need the right partner. And of course, sexual innuendo because that's the show. Pretty much. Swapping so. sexual innuendos. Yeah. And he's like, can I buy you a, a drink? And she's like, you can ask my date. Because <laughs> apparently she has a date, even though, you know, she was just all over him, honestly. They were, like, about to make out. That's, again, silk stockings in a nutshell. And <sighs> the date is the one, the guy on the portable telephone. And that is, what's his name? His name's Sonny. Sonny. Ah, oh, the name's Sunny. in this episode. So I think, I think in the spirit of this being your favorite chill toy, you could take some of the point on this, because a lot of my reactions were just me, like, grabbing my face, like, what am I watching? How often did you guys just my grab your face? Sensibilities my sensibilities. <laughs> what was that, Caroline? Foof. <laughs> That's what that was. Yep. Okay, oh, I have to... Well, I can't, I can't do this. I can't say what I want to say right now because it's a spoiler for the end. Are we spoiling the end or do I, we care? Sh- should we spoil the end with like the twist? Because, because so Nate important. spoiled it for me. My roommate spoiled it for me. What? Aww. He walks in and goes, oh, is this the episode where okay. it's spoiler? Yeah, I think I made Nate watch this episode. Of course you did, Latoya. Yeah. Of course you did. Somehow <laughs> I just get you to watch you... until now. Yeah, but anyway. Um, All right, so Latoya, go ahead. So you, if you want to start barreling through, there's so much to talk about. Um, yeah, so she's like, you can ask my date, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, why don't I ask your date? And he honestly just asks if he can buy the guy a drink. And clearly he's doing some under, like, undercover cop stuff, basically, trying to get close to Sonny Kurtz is the guy's name. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and uh, Carrie Ann Moss's character, the one he's flirting with, is named Lisa. Um, but right now, he, Sonny has to go to the back room with these very clearly henchmen villain type characters so he's like why don't you just keep lisa company it's like you're kind of a very trusting criminal sonny like he's dude's all over your girlfriend everyone is bad at their jobs in this episode every single person who has anything to do is bad at their jobs (laughs) well honestly like the big bad guy in this one the uh the jack guy he's the worst criminal ever because his his plan is basically kill everyone i would possibly want to work for me what that's not how you do things it's not not how you do things at all (laughs) but it is here for whatever reason yeah so they're in the back and they're talking crime and jack who also owns this club and he owns like a truck company he wants to expand and by expand he means like he wants them to all work for him like all the other criminals because they're like in the video pirating business that's what's happening that's it, this is such early '90s versions of that though. Yeah, that's great. Everything's VHS, by the way. That's pretty great. And, video pirating on VHS. Yeah, he wants to modernize. He wants to bring computer software into the game and video games. But they're like, no, we're all a bunch of goombas. And they're, they're every, everyone, <laughs> a bunch of what? Goombas. goombas. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> a bunch of goombas. That's what, what they are. <laughs> 
Uh, I do also episode is the most stereotypical thing in the entire world. Yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of, I feel like we did not give proper, we did not pay proper homage to the credits. Oh Oh, uh, my god, we didn't get there yet. We didn't get there yet. Oh my god. No, because this all happens before the credits. Yeah. This. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, the, it really uh, did feel so long. Yeah, the opening credits, credits, credits it takes a while to get there. We'll, but when we get there, we'll get there. <laughs> All right, I'm just teasing the credits then. Ooh. <laughs> but yeah. So, so Latoya, you were saying about the Goombas. Yes. They, they, they don't, they're all set in their ways, the Goombas, basically. They don't understand that Jack is a revolutionary, who honestly is kind of ahead of his time, because, like, we should modernize with computer software and video games. You're like, nope, we like our VHSs. So, I mean, Jack was really just too smart for all of them in the end. Ahead of his time. Yeah. He really was. But yeah, they're, they're fucking pirating movies on VHS. This is the bit, like, they're acting like it's the Godfather, and this is like the most small time crime thing I can think of at the moment. I gotta say, before you explained that just now, I did not realize this what was happening. I don't me neither. <laughs> it didn't take me until like halfway through the episode to realize what they were actually talking about because I mean they were just saying so many nonsense. very long metaphors about things and I just there wasn't was following what they and were. Everyone was wearing was like nothing or like everything. <laughs> attention. And it was I was so distracted by everything that was going on. It was so busy. It was very much uh, like this felt very 80s to me. I don't think it was. It's 93, which is basically the 80s. Yeah, and it was just very, like, like Scarface or, like, like I don't even I know. I mean, frankly, like that. everything that wasn't Carrie Ann Moss was very uninteresting to me. That's, I would agree. Yeah, she's I, she's definitely the best part. For obvious which, reasons. Yes. <laughs> so excited well, for yeah. the twist that Nate spoiled for you. Um, I did not yeah. get spoiled for that, so we'll wait for the Yeah, at one point, uh, one of the Goombas says, you're talking a lot of dough here, and then I shot myself in the head. <laughs> you're talking a lot of dough here. Oh my goodness, that's so good. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah. I forgot how great it Also was. in the background of the scene, like, you have the quote-unquote security cameras, like, the screens just have a bunch of gyrating women all over them. It's very gross, to be honest. <laughs> like, it feels like a, it's like a, a show in a nutshell. It's very but it also gross. feels like they wanted it to be a very crowded, like, sweaty dance scene, but they had, like, yeah. ten extras that day, so everyone has to be, like, on top of each other. And also, and all doing the men are wearing, like, dancing. full suits, and it just seems so uncomfortable for them. Yeah, no <laughs> one seems like they're having a really good time. Yeah. And, yeah. well, so the meeting ends because none of them want to work for Jack, even though they just chill at his terrible club all the time and so jack's like it's time to go sonny and of course chris who's the worst undercover cop in the world's like hey where's the party and they're like it's a private party bud i don't remember if he says bud but it seems like he would say bud correct i think he probably did i think he's probably a pal guy Uh, chris chris is definitely a chief guy he would call him chief yeah oh yeah yeah. (laughs) but yeah i think we just wrote a new buzzfeed quiz guy (laughs) But yeah, as they leave, Jack makes the weirdest eye contact ever, like eye contact ever with Sunny and Lisa, and it goes on for like thirty seconds of just weird eye contact, and it makes no sense. And then we get the opening credits. The opening credits are art. I mean, in a word, marvelous. It is. It is. I can't even describe it. Really, you <sighs> might just need it's to my fantasy life, you guys. <laughs> I uh, the, there are clandestine major... meetings. There's oh champagne. Me- There's so much champagne. 
And just, this is what I my first note was just they should totally do a greatest event in TV history with these credits. Like mm-hmm. why haven't yes, they done that yet? Yes, I want it so badly. It'd be amazing. Oh, it, it was, so many neon leotards and leotard, the singing. Like, real leotards too, not like leotards nowadays. Like leotards no. that are just like I mean, most they're of them all like a up on. They're like all up too. in everything. Oh, yeah, that is that is accurate. And and just the oh. song itself with all the ooh, that, that's ooh, like, ooh, ooh, so good. It's like that for like, and they're like boats skipping like, across the water. Also, I definitely had a moment when like the title card comes up, which is usually the end of a credit sequence, and then it keeps going for like another full minute. <laughs> and then even after the credits are over, it goes like all the people as, 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 and it's just, it was oh, like, God. why don't we even watch a credit sequence? Mitzi Capture when it's like, Mitzi Capture, the, like the head turn she does? Oh, you mean Jodie Lynn O'Keefe? Isn't that who, what's her name? Oh no, <laughs> you mean Emily Deschanel. Oh, a little bit of both. <laughs> but I was seeing Jodie Lynn O'Keefe like, scary hard like there were times when she would turn around and i'm like is that jody lynn o'keefe <laughs> like it was creepy. i love this concern about jody lynn o'keefe it looks so much like her i had to google it the first like five minutes i was like this isn't her right <laughs> obviously carrie ann moss is carrie ann moss and rob obviously. estes is rob estes but she was up in the air because I, she hasn't done that much since then and how can you not do that much when is. your name is mitzi capture you should be in everything I know, and she's great. Like she looks almost like an identical twin for Jodie Lynn O'Keefe or an Emily Deschanel. So you'd think that she could get some more work, but unfortunately, she just got. I guess it's like, crowded the out there for the Emily poor Mitzi Captain Jodie Lynn O'Keefe. Jodie Lynn O'Keefe stole all her stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like she could easily have been like third lead on Nash Bridges, please. <laughs> but whatever. So, so like the, the credits are amazing, and I mean, like it's just like a lot of like freeze frames of like guns going off, someone pulling up stockings. There's simple yes, stockings. literal silk stockings. <laughs> literal silk stockings with the, a gun, the like, tiny knife. Yeah, someone puts tiny a gun knife. in the stockings, and then someone like tries to put a hand in the stockings, and the and the person's like, oh, haha, not yet. And it's just like there's just, there's random a cat like. Walk. Yeah, random, blonde, random blonde women like, like sitting next to like a big like what do you call them like sports cars yeah just sitting yeah. there like in tight outfits with big, and I big glasses yes. you gotta appreciate too the, the the freezes of everybody's face as their names like crawl across it's just actually like their faces like it's not like you know them doing things and like overlaying with their name it's just like Rob Estes looking into the camera smiling time for me it's to a pose very vintage yeah it's not <laughs> done that much anymore it's, oh, the closest thing nowadays to that would probably be like modern family that does that but that's because of the cameras so it was a very surreal like they basically like turn around freeze and, and like gl- like like smile at the camera <laughs> except that i was saved by the bell it was <laughs> and then and then we cut to the next part which, which I mean, is I'm already like i missed the credits but you know which oh. you already know show after those credits are is amazing because it continues with a voiceover to start everything there was a voiceover twice in the episode, once after the credits, and then once in the middle of the episode. You know, the way voiceovers go. <laughs> Wherever they feel like going. Yeah, it's... I was confused by the voiceover when it came back later. I was like, was that? Is this... Where did <laughs> it come from? Why is it happening? It's as true in Palm Beach as it is anywhere. Some things in life just don't mix. Some people say booze and bubbles don't go well. I don't know who those people what? are. Who ever says that? Although others so swear they should always the go hand in hand. I guess it depends on who's pouring the booze and who's blowing the bubbles. Ew. What? <laughs> cut to Lisa. That. That yeah, that's what she says. The cut to Lisa putting a pill in uh, Sunny's champagne. So, hey, she was right. 
but like, I guess she was blowing the bubbles right then. I need to. We need to walk this back for a minute. So blowing the bubbles. I don't know what it means. I don't want to know what it means. <laughs> well, it's obviously innuendo, but I'm not sure everything what is. is. But like the double entendre, obviously the double entendre being you know blowing the bubbles. But where's the the double in the entendre? There's only just blowing the bubbles. Like the, you don't blow bubbles in drinks since it's like you're a two year old. Like that's a weird <laughs> thing to say, right? Am I weird? It, I mean, it, it makes zero sense. Is like you know, it's pretty lazy. Blowing bubbles is just not. I could say like pouring the bubbles, you know, or. Or like the, uh, the, the entire quote swishing. makes zero sense because again, champagne. It's in the credits. It's what she they're drinking, right? So oh, whatever. <laughs> they just wanted to sound as sordid as possible, and they achieved their goal <laughs> pretty much from the get go. But yeah, so so she puts a pill in his drink. Yes, and they're in the jacuzzi. Oh, <laughs> one of the best lines, probably in this or any other television and it, episode. It's, it's sex o'clock, and Carrie Ann Moss says the line, Wait "Ready for, for bobbing for apples," and bobbing for apples means motorboating her. That's not really at all accurate. Was he like? <laughs> I got really confused about that. I was like, so. No, I just got really confused about that. I've got nothing else. <laughs> I was silent. like, because I was confused. Like, what does she mean? And then he started well, going to her breast. I'm like, oh, but I still didn't know what she meant. Was he kind of moving down? Was like, was I, that was the general trajectory minute. downward, or was he just kind of like gonna hang out there? No, but you're right, Latoya. That also doesn't make sense because he should say it's time for bobbing for apples. That would track, obviously, yeah. in the pool. That would make more sense. Her bobbing for apples, unless she's on. She's telling him like, it's submerged. time for him to bob for apples. For her Which, apples, because, what was it, age before beauty? Oh my god. <laughs> but, like, if she's the one getting apples bobbed for, <laughs> she should be mostly submerged, because otherwise there's no bobbing involved. She's, well, like, no, standing I mean, out of the water, mostly, right? Well, apples float, Mora, so... Oh, <laughs> there's really not much diving involved in bobbing for apples. I was the asshole that tried to get the, bo- the ones on the bottom, because then you could actually grip it and bite into it and take it out. Well, we're learning a lot about your bobbing for apple strategy. <laughs> I, I, I play to win. Yeah. But so I, That's, that was Sonny's problem. He didn't play to win. No, no he motorboated, so we he know he didn't play to win. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like caressing his chest. And it's, it's just such a creepy, like, oh God. I mean, if but it didn't he, end with her killing him, yeah. it would have been creepy anyway. Yeah. He was like fading out the whole time, too. And then she, which honestly, why did she even need to drown him? That's what if, I said. Like, I was like, so he was fading. Why? Just let him well, drown I was also kind of like, why did she need to drug him if she was going to drown him? Because he's yeah. already, like, be kind of drunk. Too. We should be clear, there's a lot of uh, implied nudity. Like, she is naked from the the neck down. She's naked back. a lot in this episode. And yeah, she really is. It's definitely, like, uh, like this is this is on cable, or right, or no? Uh, I feel like it was originally a CBS show, but, like, they aired it on USA. First two seasons were CBS, then USA was the rest of it. Right. So, I mean, maybe this was on... Uh, network but at this time it was usa like uh it would be have been like at 10 o'clock because uh here's here's the thing because i always uh watched wrestling with my parents like on monday nights but that was like the only time i could you know stay up past my bedtime but then as soon as it was over it was like silk stockings or la femme nikita's like i had to go to bed immediately or pacific blue and all those amazingly terrible shows so it, uh, it's important to note because I think it's just incredibly obviously it's been sexualized based on the credits alone and the strip scene and all, but like this is just like 
you could tell they were going for the, like, ooh, this is, like, HBO on cable mm-hmm. or whatever. And it was, like, her... Okay. She drowns him. Spoiler alert. She drowns him. <laughs> in the most insane way. Which she's a, she's a... I mean, Carrie Moss obviously can hold her own. We've all seen The Matrix. But... This guy's not totally that that small. I mean, he was drugged, so you could claim, like, he was, like, already fading. But, like, she's able to pin him down underwater in her, with her nude body <laughs> and then just, like, sit on top of him and he just can't get up. I'm like, that doesn't track at all. This is, how is she this? plays extreme bobbin for apples. <laughs> but it's also just, like, physically, in a pool, it's even easier to lift someone up. I could lift, like, my, my, my dad up in the pool. Like, it's not like it's a complicated thing to do in a pool because the, the, the weight of you is less. So she should be easily pick upable by him when he's literally dr- like, flailing for his life underwater. But she's just so determined to drown him. Her, her evilness wins out. and he Her just... loins are that strong. Oh! I hate yes. you for... You're the worst loins. person. Did you look uncomfortable? Because she basically sits on his chest or neck or something. I want to say neck. And and he was, like, throwing his hands around, so he must be, like, basically punching and hitting. It basically woke him up. That's why, why does she have to do it when she could just let the drugs do the job? Yeah, and and he's, like, punching and kicking her lower body, which is, I'm assuming, fully nude. So that must be a very, it must hurt, like, to be honest, right? Yeah. I was just very confused about, like, how was she able to walk home after that? She should be, like, <laughs> limping or something. But she just kind of smiles evilly as he drowns in the pool, and she just pieces out for the night. Silk stocking. Yes. And then, then of course, we get the Jodie Leno Keefe and uh, Rob Estes. <laughs> I'm yes, gonna the, hold you for do not do like, that. Do not. Oh, and they okay. have such natural banter, you guys. Just Their natural, banter. Breezy banter, which... I feel like you can just hear the writers going, and there's so much sexual tension, and there's so... It's just not... It's just not anything. <laughs> no, they look, actually look like brother and sister, too. So yeah! for me to handle them as hey. whatever kind of couple they were implying. Well, you guys yeah. want to know a fun fact about the, the Rita character that might change the, your whole opinion on their whole relationship? And just how oh boy, insane it is? I don't know is? if I'm ready. Uh, Rita uh, has a blood bubble in her brain that occasionally has her suffer intense headaches and she won't get surgery to fix it because she was deemed too high risk. She's a ticking time bomb, you guys. She could burst at any minute. So I'm sorry. So the way she's spending her life is bantering with Rob Estes about her teddy bear. That's how she chooses to seize the day. Yeah. That's unfortunate. it, It doesn't track either because that seems like such a specific thing for basically just your standard mm-hmm. uh what is it like a procedural mm-hmm. cop show like eventually right? eventually like the show basically phases it out and they just don't mention it again but it's such a, it's a big deal in the first season and at one point rob estes says to her in the first season that you know if we had sex like the the, the blood bubble, bubble in your burst. head would explode oh fuck what well, that oh didn't even God. come up at all. I think something <laughs> like that might be mentioned. You would no. think. But it's also weird because can a cop be in active duty with that big of a, like, risk? I would imagine that's, like, something they need to get, you know, you need to get, like, approval to be... I mean, again, everyone and... is so bad at their jobs here. And this office even has, like, neon shelves. Oh, God, I love this the office. Neon shelves? Oh, the neon shelves are amazing. The like show is a goddamn reboot. Yellow shelves. Well, and... right outside the the oh my god, where do they go? They go also they go like to question people about this now. Mm-hmm. And they was did they go to a gay bar or something or no? 
I thought they did. No, they they just no. returned to the same bar, I believe. I don't remember. Okay, because there was a rainbow flag flying outside. That's I was, just. I wasn't. I sure. guess it's just how they all love colors so much. Just Palm <laughs> Beach, <laughs> man. What? They all love colors so much. They all love. It's a rainbow flag. You could tell by all their ensembles and just the way they decorated everything. Oh, I just really i I thought it was a gay bar. I mean, they didn't they didn't go into anything. He just kind of goes there and talks about it, but it's a very specific detail. Maybe the maybe the bar they got you know permission to shoot at was a gay bar and that they just seems didn't get likely. rid of the flag. Because <laughs> it's clearly a, it's clearly a bar. Like it's it's inside of it is it's like a warehouse kind of bar, but. You know, but it's oh. also kind of creepy. And I like don't. don't I I, I found I found the quote that he he says to her about the about on her head. I couldn't take that chance. I'm so good and bad. I explode that balloon in your head in the first thirty minutes. What the fuck? The first what? thirty minutes. That's you're very optimistic, Rob says. Um, but yeah. So they show up at the scene of the crime, and Rita gives Chris shit for looking hungover. I guess how much did he drink when he was just chilling at the club or right. whatever. I don't know. She just and, kind of gives him shit about everything in general. Pretty much. <laughs> At the end of the scene, she punches him in the stomach. So, you and know, the Emmy, as you the do. Emmy is like, uh... Yeah, Emmy's like, champagne and allergy pills. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and also, <laughs> I feel like everything in this show was basically meant to be, like, you know, uh... How much cocaine do you think the right? writers did? Or it's meant to be, like, um... It's meant to be said, like, the words, oh, yeah, after everything they say. It's like that you could easily punctuate things with, oh, yeah, or something like that. (laughs) There's a lot of, like, slow, like, turns to look out a window. Or Or just, like, (laughs) at the end of each scene, you just hear, day, bow, bow. (laughs) There were definitely scenes that were punctuated by a jazz guitar riff, (laughs) like... (laughs) It felt like if you wanted to describe what the show is like to someone who's never seen it, it's like the introduction to uh, Law and Order SVU, but it's the entire. Oh, I was gonna say, (laughs) I was gonna say uh, the jazz riff from Lethal Weapon. That's true too. It's like a combo of the two of those things. So if you're interested in either, Uh, and then sex, (laughs) also sex. Don't forget the sex. That's the most important part. Victims unit, but not the kind of sex you want. But. So this is like the medical um, examiner is like okay so this is how he died. Yeah, it was clearly an accident. Oh, clearly and an accident. Chris, sure. Yeah, Chris is like, oh hey, I know this guy. He's based on the case we're doing on videotape counterfeiters. It's what he says. Video because... counterfeiters. But yeah, despite the fact that they think it's an accident, there is some skin and blood underneath uh, Sonny's nails. Dun, dun, dun. Of course there is, because he struggled insanely. <laughs> like I-, I mentioned before, he struggled. He struggled as much as someone could physically struggle. That's why it's partly amazing that he didn't get out of it. But, you know. Such is Carrie Ann Moss's determination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, sorry. Yes. Yeah, so, he's that, like... Yeah. Chris like, because he wasn't alone. And they're going to go to meet up with uh, Jack over at the club. But before that, he, there has to be just banter about Rita's teddy bear. Her teddy bear. Albert. Albert? Is that what it was? I didn't hear the name. He, it was Albert named, is the name. He keeps calling him Edgar, Edgar because oh, okay. he doesn't respect right, it. And she punches him in the stomach for that. I mean... You're a grown woman talking I mean, about look, a teddy bear. Maybe he deserves to give you some Edgar shit. Edgar Maybe we should be talking about Albert. the blood bubble in your head. Or why you're able to She doesn't want to think about it, Latoya. But He's too good. He'd burst that oh, balloon. Oh, oh, God. No. But yes. So, so Chris meeting with Jack, who calls Lisa lovely Lisa, and that's already yeah. creepy. Oh, God. And this is the guy who yeah, owns said, the, the club? The video slash, club. Does he do the ring? Truck? Oh, are, are we at the prosciutto scene? No, not no, yet. We're not there almost. yet. 
But so he owns the... I feel like half my contribution to this podcast is, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Well, so much happens. Yeah. But like, so... But he's like... Is he in charge of the video he, counterfeiting ring or no? He owns uh, the club. Uh, he owns the trucks. And he wa- like he wants to have his own like distribution. That's what they all do. They all do distribution. He wants them specifically to distribute through him. Okay. So he's not actually in charge of it right now, though. That's no. what I was wondering. Like, why aren't they trying to make everyone him? work for they're him? They're all talking about like all this terrible video counterfeiting. And he's showing them all the videos. But they're not you know, arresting him. But... I guess everybody who's going yeah. to videotape there well, is that, allowed. They're, they're okay. Yeah. yeah, that's legal. They all know. If you're going to that terrible club, you know you're getting... Well, paid. speaking of, the tape that we see well, of yeah. Carrie Ann Moss is one of the because most disturbing things I've ever seen. It is, because Chris is like, oh, tell me uh, uh, if where I can find Lisa, because she was with Sonny, basically. He's, and Jack's like, no, she actually came back here immediately. She must have dumped him. And it's like, I have video. And they show the video. Uh, do you guys want to describe the video? It is her dancing. With I mean, <laughs> I mean, first of all, if you, I mean, the, the start of the show started off with a softcore stripping scene. This is kind of what she's doing. She's kind of just like dancing in a circle, like very, very slowly, and not like very model esque, where she has a very vacant expression. But then she turns and makes eye contact with the camera, and never breaks eye contact. And she's topless, by the way. Topless is just, like shaking around. Like, the most dead-eyed expression on her face and just staring into the camera. It is haunting to watch. It was disturbing. I mean, I was creeped out by it. I don't know if you guys were into it. <laughs> it was just her raw animal magnetism. I don't know why we're shaming her for it. But, Let but her like, do her. But, like, who is buying these videotapes? Wouldn't you watch that and be, like, terrified? It looks like she's gonna come and break it off. Like, it's horrifying. <laughs> But yeah, she's topless at the club dancing. So and everyone's yeah, in, everyone in the background clapping like a bunch of weird middle middle aged mm-hmm. men. They are exactly. So that's her alibi, her perfect alibi of how she couldn't be there at the time of the killing, and which we have later at the precinct. Chris saying, "I think we're dealing with a very smart killer." Well, way to go, genius! <laughs> and then, well, we're here though. The shelves in this office. We need to spend like we need to spend like I mean the rest of the podcast talking about the shelves to be honest because or the 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 entire decor of the police station at large because it is everything's neon and when we're saying neon it's like I mean I, no I like highlighter say. yellow it's like a Lisa neon. Frank situation happening not even it's like. It I don't looks know. like something from the future, right? Like, <laughs> a little bit. It looks like a Pluto Nash. A little spaceship. Yeah. Like it looks it looks like I mean it's okay, so well, let's describe it. It's like plexiglass, but it's it's tinted like neon yellow. And it almost looks like they have like some kind of a light underneath it that lights it up. I don't think they do, but it's I mean the way it looks, it just comes off that way. And in the background, everything is outlined in yellow. Like the mailbox is outlined in yellow, like the windows are outlined in yellow, like the framing of them is all bright yellow. And then the yeah. clock in the background is definitely also neon yellow and it's I mean lit up neon yellow. Well, more we can't strange. talk about all the neon because that won't let us allow us to talk about how the captain is a Jewish stereotype. Well, he's the new captain, right? Or yes, because the back? old captain was Ben Vereen. Oh, really? What yeah. Happened to him? Ben Vereen was on the show for two seasons. Oh really? my god. Yeah. Uh, he had, like, it says he had to retire from the show due, uh, due to an off-screen accident. I don't know what that means. Did Rob Estes, like, beat him up? Who knows? 
Oh, we'll never know. Accident. I don't know. Maybe he also drowned in the jacuzzi. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, so they're... So, they're like uh, getting basically the rundown from their boss, just like oh. In between his like, like stand up sets, police chiefy yeah. boss, police chief. Like last time seen. I was in a jacuzzi, got hives. I'm not gonna be. I don't want to be the size know, of grapefruits. <laughs> I don't want to be nitpicky to this, this poor guy who seems like a nice enough dude. But yes, the character, but. actor, the character is specifically supposed to be like, hey, I'm a New York Jew. That's it. That is the character. But like the way he even delivers lines, you can tell like he memorized them all at once, and he doesn't know how to pace himself, so he just kind of spitting out words and he's waiting for them to say something and then he just spits out the rest of them and it just seems very 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 weird the best Honest part of him God, though i is... didn't notice that yeah. because everything else is so <laughs> like that my favorite part of him though is that he just apparently hates chris and rita's flirting and every time they do he's like stop this and get out of my office well he seems That's... completely over everything like, he... <laughs> which i do kind of appreciate yeah, yeah. which i would be too if i moved there and like i had a t- i might walk in the first day and my shelves are all neon <laughs> I'm like, oh, so I'm not into this. oh what is this nonsense i mean Shut i know it it's palm beach but jesus this seems a little bit much but so he's just sort of like oh god can't be bothered and just sort of tells them get shit together find the killer even though it's the perfect alibi so chris goes to see lisa and she shows up again of course she's again naked why is she always topless but she then he gets in a, an underwear but underwear is also very very risque so she's basically naked and but she's in a towel and she goes I'm she a gets a towel inquisition <laughs> yeah. and he goes quote i've seen you in a lot less which is pretty rude. Yeah. He's Why pretty rude the whole time. But yeah, at, here, here's the really episode, true. though. At first, she asks, do I know you? So that's like well, key right there. Well, and also, didn't so we... So he's, I guess, he's a, he's a little, his ego is bruised. And we watched the same video he did. She never was actually topless on the video. She just had her Oh, I think, I think she was, but we can't see that because it. it's okay. television. Yeah, uh, but so there's that, and then I also love speaking of the neon theme. There's a neon moon in her room, which is like, like it is a bright, like lit up neon half moon for no reason, just because they need neon in every single. And this is like oh. that's the kind of neon, like a sign, like an outdoor sign that gets lit up, whatever you want to call yeah. that. But it wasn't until like towards sign? the end of the yeah. episode that I noticed that she also was a fake parrot. Oh my god, I didn't notice that. She's a fake oh, parrot in the apartment. It's so good. <laughs> It's all perfect. Set dressers, the set dressers on the show are next level. They're yeah. just working their asses off. So he asks her basically, why didn't you leave with Sonny? He said, you guys, you know, we're close. And of course, he, she's like, well, he was pawing at me and I'm not that kind of girl. And he's like, oh, good to know. <laughs> okay. Again, he's, he's, again, he's a dick about it. It's also ironic because we just, just watched her sit on his face. so bad at his job. He is. I mean, he's. He obviously is also her type. He per- the guy in the beginning looks just like him, so she's like already kind of like like you know black widowing it up near him. Just like, hey, <laughs> what's up? I do and, yeah. say like yeah. my notes are peppered with like sporadic sort of is Lorenzo pretty good looking? Question mark. He probably is good <laughs> looking. He can maybe get I it. Mean, I don't know. I have a sales sh- question marks. A, like a screen cap of him that I took uh, side by side with Puppet Angel. So, I mean, you'll never not That's see accurate. that now. It's, it's the hair. It's the hair. It is the hair. I mean, he's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him, like, drop dead or anything, but it's, I, I actually prefer Rob Estes nowadays. I think he's yeah. aged a little bit better. I think then he looks so greasy and, you know, beach chic or whatever the hell they're trying for. But as he's there, she drops He's a ladies' man, can't you tell? Again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's really she, creepy because he turns in the mirror yeah, and watches she, her get dressed. Yeah, she's like, don't look so at me. And you're a creepily, like, 
adjust the mirror so he can see you're changing. Like, you are doing your job right now. <laughs> I know! And it's like, not just that, it's like, you're supposed to be like this, like, lovable protagonist, more or less, even if you're flawed. This is not yeah, a way to like be a, a roguish, lovable protagonist. Yeah. And she, well, she, I mean, you, it's implied, she turns around and glances at him because she knows that he's looking. There's sexual so tension. Creepy. Can't you feel it? And no. we, we, we <laughs> No. But no, dress- she offers him a drink, but he's like, no, but I will settle for answers. <laughs> this fucking show and the so dress say if i want someone to see me naked they do and then he's like oh wanna bet that's basically <laughs> what i wanna is. but like the dress she puts on and when he turns around too is this like mustard color like <laughs> weird neck like dress and then she like takes her hair down and like gets all close to him it's very uh it's weird <laughs> but uh, he's into it i guess but yeah they and talk she and she about how he was always doing business on his cellular phone yes cellular phone cellular phone yeah, she's only been in town for two weeks. She's fresh off the boat. Fresh off the boat. <laughs> yeah, so, so, he, so he's just sort of like, okay. Um, he's like, I'll call you if I remember anything. As that 30 Rock gag where the girl gets off the bus and, <laughs> the mid- and then yes. two weeks later. Yeah. But then we're back to the uh, club where the owner, I don't remember his name. Do you guys know his name? Is he the one who looks like Andrew Dice Clay times yes. John Travolta in the pleated khakis? Yeah, with a little bit of John Travolta. Oh, the, yeah, Jack. Uh, yeah. She goes, yeah. Oh, that's Jack? Oh, Yeah, okay. Jack Yeah, is the boss, the owner of the club. Right. Yeah, so Lisa uh, is talking to Jack. Carrie and Moss. This is a very is layered show, guys. Yeah. There's a lot of. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Carrie and Moss. Working uh, together and also sexing together. Yeah, C.A.M. and she him uses her like, boom, boom, boom. sexuality to get what she wants, including oh him, because she's like all up on him, and he's just like, well, he's nervous because the cops are asking questions, obviously, and she's just trying to like, I don't and know what you even consider. The, Is she the real kingpin here or no? It seems like it. Like they're trying to negotiate no. terms, but I'm not really sure what these terms are. Right, it's also vague because I know what she's doing for him. Obviously, like she's killing people, but. I don't know what she's trying to get out of the business. Is she a partner? I don't know. Yeah, I honestly weird. could not understand a thing in that scene. Yeah. Besides the sexuality. No <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to see anything besides her unzipping the same dress we watched her zip up. Because this is just like her MO, I guess. And he's just Putting like, and taking off clothes. Like, oh yeah. There's this awful scene where he like does this full body checkout with her while she's sitting on his lap. It's so <laughs> gross. So gross. And then and it now, for Caroline, <laughs> now, for, now for Caroline's favorite scene, which is Rita meeting with uh, Donnie, who is a mob, a recurring character in Mob Boss, who has a soft spot uh, for Rita. Yes. Yes, it is yeah. my favorite. <laughs> Donnie is insane. <laughs> He's I mean, a goober. Well, you know it's a fancy restaurant because it has breadsticks and prosciutto, and they say prosciutto a lot. He says, like, every Italian word he knows in the span Stop. of, like, one minute. Stop. <laughs> Smell the antipasto. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, so so Donnie is like literally the most stereotypical um, mob guy. Mob it just, guy. It's, there's no, it's, there's no topping that. It's impressive actually because it's almost like he's hitting every stereotype every five seconds because he's well, only until on we get to him offering cannolis later. Yeah, like, he's only on screen for like I mean, how long? How long in this episode? You'd say like maybe. Well, these his scenes seem like the longest scenes ever because the metaphors yeah. are so confusing. <laughs> and he talks constantly, but he yeah, I, I lost track of them. Like I really had no idea what the in. metaphor. I, I wrote in my notes. This metaphor kind of sucks. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. And it's only... maybe teaching her how like mobs work, right? And then the but the entire time he's talking like a kindergarten teacher, right? 
Like, and kind of, you know, another slice of prosciutto for the lovely lady. And I was like, why isn't she smashing your face into the plate? And then he, when she <laughs> started to understand the metaphor that no one else can understand, mm -hmm. he says, quote, I think the young lady understands the art of antipasto to the antipasto. That's who he's talking to there. He doesn't talk to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> he talks to the antipasto and yes, the dog. about and how dog. she understands it. The dog is the best part. <laughs> in, in simple... Wait, what was the dog? The dog, his dog. I don't remember his dog. He's like literally just watching. He's a little episode. bitty chihuahua. He's a little bitty chihuahua. Oh my god! I completely missed that. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. When I first went to watch this episode, I watched the one after this first because I, I'm an idiot. Because it, no, because it said it was number three. Honestly, the yeah, episode yeah. ordering for this show is ridiculous. You're never gonna get a straight answer on which episode is the correct one. <laughs> right. No so one I seems watched to care. A part of the second episode after this, which is, uh, or the third episode is after this, which is all about him. It's like it's all about Donnie. And he is obsessed with his dog, like, hardcore. So he might not have the dog in the scene, but he always is talking about it, and it's, like, his his beloved best friend. And in oh, the next I episode, he's basically carrying it around like he's Paris Hilton the entire episode. It's great. I actually think it's probably one of the best parts of the show, is him and his relationship with Dutchie. But, yeah, also, I think that even proves that, like, yeah, these episodes are in order, because isn't that the episode that introduces him? It introduces how integral a part of he is to the show. So, uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think he's been on the show even before this. Yeah, he, he's been on a bunch, been... but, like, all these episodes are so out of order. Yeah, Also, weird. wow, Rob Estes directed an episode of the show in season two. They, like, let him do that quickly. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well. <laughs> so, the, this this scene is more just them, like, sitting there. Like, the, the dog has its own seat. And they, they're all eating their food. It cuts to the dog eating its food, which is just great. Well, like, uh, basically, he's trying to say that the person, like, Jack wants all the power. But that's basically what you kind of knew. If you He could have just said that. There was no need for this metaphor that makes no sense. No, and no one's, like, listening. So, like, who cares? It's gibberish. <laughs> At one point, I was just so, like, I was so focused on the dog. Whenever they cut to the dog, I was like, are we still talking in weird Italian metaphors? So I just kept zoning out. And he also, I guess he has a vendetta against Jack because he, he's, he calls, uh, he said Sonny was a real sweet kid. But based on what we saw of Sonny, he was a garbage person who garbage. bobbed for apples. He was disgusting. <laughs> Yes, yes, he was. Uh, so, so Donnie's kind of just like, all right, keeping it ambiguous. He tries not to get involved. I guess so. I ambiguous, it makes no sense. Yeah, and you think he's their informant? Like she goes to him yeah. to get like tips on people that they're working on. Mm -hmm. But it's not a very compelling character because he should be interesting if she's going to him like basically once an episode to get tips on what to do. And instead, she's just kind of like, eh, like maybe you'll tell me a little bit about something, and then they just eat. They eat lunch, really. You just watch two people eat lunch and have a terrible so time. So much prosciutto. It. Yeah, like an entire plate of prosciutto, which also seems disgusting. Eat your lunch. <laughs> eat your lunch. God. So, uh, yeah. we have Chris and Rita striking out with Jack uh, again because they really don't have. No, they're staking out Jack, basically, because that's what you do. They're just taking pictures and talking about stuff. Uh, he teases her for having a crush on Donnie or whatever. Which, okay. Gross. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. No, wait, mm -hmm. they do. It's gross. Then they Donnie, catch... Donnie looks just like a, well, a, obviously like a mob like a, dad. He looks like a mob dad. It's a James Gandolfini-style mob, mob dad, dad too. He's mob not a Ray Liotta mob dad. He's a James Gandolfini mob dad. So you're just <laughs> not into it. At least I wasn't. Not my type. Yeah. And there's some VHS crime happening. <laughs> VHS crime is do never Do you disagree? Get... 
No, it's perfect, but... <laughs> I say we go punch their eject button and see oh, what comes out, is a line that's said in this scene, I do believe. Oh my goodness. But they're, yeah, they're creeping on them, taking photos, trying to, you know, get them in the active, whatever the hell they're even doing. I, Be again, out in the way. open. But just really, out in very yeah. much the open. Jack is basically saying, hey, uh, Sonny's accident's contagious, so if you don't want to, you better, like, work for me. And again, his strategy's not really working because one of them, uh, Sid, I believe his name is, says, Sonny was wet behind the ears. He hung around those Hollywood types. You don't scare me. Those Hollywood, Hollywood types. types. <laughs> but it is weird to watch three grown men, like, hand around a VHS tape and, like, eye it up, like, is this worth my half a million dollars this in money? This is stuff. It's You're like... just gonna, you know, just put it out there. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It, even then, it feels like it might have been kind of an outdated thing, right? Or no? I, well, not necessarily outdated, but just not enough to get this worked right. up over. Yeah. It's, like, not... Yeah. It's videotape tra- counterfeiting. Yeah, the only time this would have been that big of a deal is maybe, like, the Stadies or something. Even then, that seems like pushing it. Because it's just videotapes. Mm. At the end of the day, it's, it's not really a very compelling... There's um, really no reason me. for all this murder that's going around with... Yeah, murder! No. Yeah, like, money laundering, It does seem like a money, an overreaction. Sure. Yeah, but not murder. Like, she's literally murdering people in jacuzzis across my... Over well, videotape distribution. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> It's just always so funny. But yeah. So they're, they're watching this all go down. Mm-hmm. Then you get like, the zoom in on everybody who mm-hmm. is in the, the, the evil syndicate, like, arguing over, mm-hmm. you know, the cut and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, once they all disperse, uh, Jack is stopped by Chris and Rita, who basically tip their hand by threatening him, but they can't really charge him for anything, so now he knows the cops are on his tail. Why like, would, why would you do that? so bad at everything. <laughs> <laughs> they are really terrible at their jobs. And they're so, they're such assholes about it, too. It's not like they do this... And they, like, run into him and they stumble, ooh, here's what we're doing. No, it's like, they're like, she's got her arms crossed, they're, like, strutting down the street, like, oh, yeah. And then he, like, gonna get you. them the VHS, like, fuck you guys. It's like, now I didn't do anything. Me. And also, now that you're on me, I'm gonna make sure that I basically absolve any kind of guilt I would have been associated with, because he knows in advance now. But yeah. that, of course, I love cutting. Now, this on this show, anytime you cut to, like, a alcohol you're thinking oh my god is yeah i'm about to get murdered because he exactly, cuts to some scotch because mm-hmm. first rita's like uh, teasing chris about his date with uh carrie Moss. He's like it's not a date of course cut to it being what clearly a date is it not a date what was he but, even trying to say there i don't He's know dumb. but i'm also no one sits on their couches <laughs> in the show with their, pur- with their purple throat is too busy taking up the couch i took a note of that purple throw too it, it was, was amazing very, it was pretty good but i was just like you know if you sit on that floor that shenanigans are going down you know that and i just don't know what what he was trying to defend against because when you're going out and, and hanging out with carrie and moss in this show you're not just gonna have like tea. I don't know what he's anticipating goes on, but it's probably not just drinking tea and. and oh talking. no, he knows. He knows. Because they just but it's not a date, Caroline. It's not a date. Yeah, she immediately hands him alcohol, and I'm like, oh great, she poisoned that too. It looks like white wine and like a brandy snifter. Yeah, it was hard to tell. I mean, it definitely is like a brandy snifter or some kind of like like scotch or whatever, but it's not. He doesn't really drink it, first of all, so you don't really know his reaction. But I yeah, guess at first, it takes him kind of like a minute to actually drink it. 
he like, loosens his tie because he's like he's off the job now. He and I don't even think the episode was saying, "Oh, is it possibly poisoned?" I just think that was just an awkwardness that happened. Well, she has poisoned someone using liquor before or alcohol at least before. So it's been... Or has she? Oh, or has she? But yeah, so <laughs> so he is just kind of um, trying. I mean, he's on a date with her. He's pretending he's it's about case stuff, and she mentions D'Amato, who was the other guy that. Jack wants to get, but it's like really not that important, honestly. Yeah, and then kind of tries to throw throw the guilt off of her, like she's just this pawn. They start talking about their lives. He says he was a local boy with a who took a walk on the wild on side. The wild side. It really does seem like, but then she. It really seems like then she's she leading the witness know. here because she's like, "Oh, but you had parents, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know." Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, "Well, let me tell you about mine. Let me tell you something. Mine were dead." Really doesn't seem like she was just making friendly conversation. Right? It really seems like she wanted to talk about her childhood. Let's just put that out there. She spent yeah. her life in foster homes. Hmm. And, you know, he asked her, didn't you have family? And she said, I tried really hard not to need more than they could give. Like, so it's really, yes. it's very sad. And then he's like, oh, I'm sure that was it's, hard. She's like, it's, I'm yeah, not it's, talking about boys or pimples or sex. I'm talking about dreading every day of my life. Yeah, it's really sad. Then she, like, flips the switch. It's like, oh, Okay. Yeah, you yeah, could tell. Like, I feel like a minute ago you were like, "Let's make light conversation," and then she just takes a turn. <laughs> and it's a little weird because this per she's she's shown to be kind of a guarded person up until this point. So you're assuming that I mean, I was assuming that she was going to be the kind of person who was trying to manipulate him. And this seems like she's actually showing her hand a little bit, mm-hmm. unless this is all fake. Well, because she's well, like, oh well, well, I can't say this. That's this, this is legit. We can say this is legit. Yeah. Her feelings. Which is eh. weird. But then but, she, yeah. she, um, like, let's change the subject by fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Slow-mo move in, and then a bunch of, like. And they just keep talking for, again, for, like, another talking. minute. talking. Okay. I don't like to describe this. Stop talking. They're two inches kiss. away from each other's face. Yeah, their noses are basically brushing, and the camera is zoomed in to the point where you only see, basically, silhouettes. And oh, did anyone write down exactly what they're saying? And I was just like, I hope they haven't had prosciutto. That's disgusting. But they're breathing <laughs> right up in their faces. The and, then prosciutto. To, and then cut to later, that couch pulls out or whatever. <laughs> I don't know where they are. I guess a bed. But their clothes are on the ground. There's candles lit, which is weird. Wait, 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 wait. But we completely missed the part where she's talking about how, like, I guess that's why, like, I move with people too fast. And he's like, so I guess we should slow it down. And she's like, no, or we should like keep going fast. This is all why their like, faces are two inches away from each other. Just a lot of back and forth on whether they're moving fast or slow or fast oh, yeah. or slow. And I was like, I hey guys, I'll put it out there. You're moving very slowly. Just, <laughs> just do it already. Just, we, like, we know like I was going. invested in this. It was the point that you know it's going to happen. So just happen already. Right. So then it comes to them in bed, and then the and then the partner does voiceover over it. Yes. What was that? Why? What is she doing voiceover that? about the heat of the moment? It was and is she? Surreal. So wait, did I read this right? In like a plot description, is is his partner his ex-wife? Is that like their thing? No. Oh, oh no. well, then who wrote that in a summary? That, all right. Well, then I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, why is his ex-wife doing voiceover over his sex thing? <laughs> Where did it's that still weird. come from? It's still weird. I don't know. It's even weirder for like to be a partner too. It has nothing to do with the situation, but she's doing bo, and it's just like it seems like incredibly. I mean, it, it makes sense because they need to move the story along, but it also just seems very like ill-fitting to like her naked back as she stands. Of course, up her her, her naked goddamn back as usual. 
And, like, she, there's so much practical nudity in this because, again, it's silhouetted by the night the night and the moon or whatever. So she, like, gets up out of bed and you can see practically everything. Like, it is a very, very, like, obvious, you know. Yeah, they actually, like, did that often, too, because there's, like, one episode where in the cold open is people, like, we're going streaking. So it's far away that, like, you can't really see anything, but it's, like, their whole nude bodies, basically, from behind. I, I respected it because it looked like she was actually like nude because you could see like when she went to sit down there wasn't anything obvious that she it was it was interesting that they were like showing this much skin i mean that they're clearly trying to get away with some stuff but it was also just not what you're used to seeing at least i'm not used to seeing in a procedural cop show <laughs> even the wire where there was some, definitely some nudity it was more like nudity when it was a sex scene time that's not, because like, this I mean, was this the is the time. crime this time the after seedy, crime time it's the seedy underworld of palm palm beach and, yeah uh, yeah <laughs> I, I like forgot the name of it halfway through that. <laughs> but she gets on the phone halfway through when he's asleep in bed because of course he's a sleeper as soon as they have sex he passes out after you know the, the, being a cop. after he, he burst a bubble in her head too probably isn't she a suspect too or yes she's at least so a witness he, too why is he first of all getting involved with her and secondly, he, sleeping with her. He does it, like, every damn case. And then falling asleep. Does he really? That's horrifying. Pretty much, yeah. And and why is he falling asleep while she's, like, talking mysteriously on the phone in the bathroom? <laughs> like, those are, those are conversations he should be awake for. She says, just, everything's set. what she says on the phone. Everything's set. Like, she passed him out. She knocked him out with her, with her body. And she goes back to bed, and of course you see the silhouette of her naked back again, and his eyes are open. Dun, dun, dun. So at least he was on top of that. But then we get, again, um, more of the crime syndicate weirdness. Yes. Uh, one of the mob guys, D'Amato, is in his limo. Then all of a sudden, here comes Scary Ann Moss with a black hat and just black like uh, ninja gear. And she shoots the fuck out of him. And he is dead. And so is his driver. It's amazing, to be <laughs> honest. Like, I, that was one of the best scenes. So, they, so, so she's, stealthy. She's got the cop passed out after the sex and then the car is just in the darkness and it's i love the scene too because he just turns the car on and the headlights go on and boom she's there it was very very good like that was to me like oh i didn't see that i knew that she had killed a guy already but it was still kind of a little bit of a surprise and so then she wanders off into the night and wait is this when she uses the silencer yeah the yeah guy falls on his car horn anyway so what's the point yeah i don't know what that was well yeah I don't know she also f- w- well the, when they have the picture later like, we talk about how she fucked up even more honestly oh, yeah yeah that's yeah so uh the next morning uh chris uh, uh answers his phone because it's ringing because he's still sleeping in carrie mouse's apartment yeah, and then he and Rita just talk about, to, to say terrible innuendos about exercise and flexibility. <sighs> I, hate, I hate so many of their scenes, though. Like, their <laughs> scenes are aggravating. Why wasn't Jodie Leno Keefe on the show? <laughs> Would that make it better, really? Yeah, because she looks the same and she's just better. <laughs> I don't know. Their Going deep. was very lukewarm. It was not... Again, it it was a brother sister kind of thing. It wasn't actually like a honey. Like it wasn't like a honestly like when lighting. when she asked about uh Karen Ma- Moss being flexible, I wanted to vomit. Oh, it was gross. Oh, it was How about so- Lisa. Is she flexible too. It's like yeah, you know, just like do your job. Yeah, I, I like I relate to that police chief. Then just like shut up. <laughs> know, right? But yeah, they're back at work, and they they're they're smart enough to realize. Uh, that Jack didn't kill D'Amato, so he must have hired someone, which honestly they should have figured before, really. Easily. 
But yeah, there's a security camera picture, and it's Carrie-Anne Moss looking directly at the fucking camera in her ninja gear. Like, come on, that's, that's Why amateur wear hour, ninja gear if you don't have at least, like, a baklava, like, or a baklava, you, whatever. If you're gonna look right... <laughs> baklava. Baklava. Yeah. Why would you not... Classic ninja. Carrying a baklava. Keep the head down, don't look at the damn camera. Or wear a baklava. Like, that's another classic <laughs> thing, is that at least it's gonna, like, cover your face. Like, she's wearing... Everyone she's wearing, is bad at their job. She's wearing this, like, full... <laughs> Full suit of, of black, so it's going to be very, very, very uh, missable. She's, she, but... she's even wearing a hat, but no, she had to look at that camera. Like an idiot. Is this when the chief calls them Butch and Sundance? Yes. God. Which one of us is Butch? And then before she even finishes saying the sentence, Estes is like, you are. <laughs> yeah, he also took the, the glass from uh, Carrie Ann Moss's apartment. So for fingerprints. Which is like, and, he, and he's like, okay, but before you like dig me for sleeping with her, I got the glass. I was like, you really didn't need to sleep with her for that. Yeah, <laughs> that why he slept with her? No. I don't know. He okay. like, he like he kind of tries to his sell penis. it to, yeah. he kind of tries to sell it to her like, oh, I, I had this. to because I got this glass. And I was Bullshit. like, it's not, you're not fooling anyone. No, not no even one is bit. fooled. God but damn it, Butch. <laughs> I do, I want to mention too that the, the, their boss, first, okay, like, I, I don't want to spend that much more time on the neon at work, but one, <laughs> one time, they come back in when they're talking to their boss, and he's wearing a mustard yellow suit this time, and she's got on, like, a bright, like, neon, like, peach number, and it looks like something out of, like, Carmen Sandiego. Like, it's yes! It's a weird... It's a this weird is live action choice. Carmen Sandiego with sex. And in the meantime, he's got a magic eight ball on his desk. This does not seem like a TV show set in the 90s. It seems like a TV show set in like 2035 or something. <laughs> it's ahead of its time. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Or like a like who, who Framed Roger Rabbit or that kind of a vibe where it was just very, like, it's almost just like a joke. And but it was, and meanwhile, they see the picture while they're there at, at work. It's... Mm. It's annoying, but they they see it, so they go running off to... Yeah, they do the raid on uh, Sid, uh, the wet-behind-the-ears guy, and his truck, so now they can use him, basically, to get Jack and whoever, well, I guess, Carrie Ann Moss, they they realize. Yeah. Is Sid Sid the one who asks, what are you guys, comedians? And I'm like, no, don't encourage this. No, please do not. (laughs) Please do not give them any kind of, this is funny, inclination, because it's not... (laughs) Speaking of funny, the next scene is Rita going to back to Donnie with cannoli. Oh, Donnie. And he literally offers her cannoli, and then she says no, like an idiot. Okay, like I know he's a mob boss, and she's on a job, and I've been saying do your job. But when someone offers you a cannoli, <laughs> you take it. You know, I was on her side. I, I wonder if she's just not allowed to take it. Or uh, she... she was taking all that goddamn prosciutto. prosciutto. Oh, <laughs> Does she eat the prosciutto? I don't know. They don't care about it. what they're allowed. He, we're partners. Goddamn it, Rob Estes just fucked the murderer. <laughs> no one right. is worried about protocol. Yeah, I'm he, very he concerned got about wasted the, Yeah, he got plenty from the murderer. She could take a fucking cannoli. But so, I also love Caroline that you don't remember the dog. Because again, in this no, scene, the dog, dog is in the scene. The dog is sitting no, in the I don't back. remember this dog at all, at all. This, this dog is sitting to his right, like a goddamn like like henchman. And it's do you think this, Hulu like, cut out the dog? Like, Did Hulu edit out the dog? I, no, I watched it on Hulu. Too. I watched it on Hulu too. <laughs> it's sitting right. on this huge pillow, like the goddamn <laughs> king, and he's just like he touches it at one point, just like oh my best friend Dutchie here, and he just treats Dutchie like he is his second in command because I think he kind of is. 
and he gives some of the cannoli to Dutchie, and Dutchie's having a great time because he has. Like, well, oh, oh, god! I, I need to Dutchie. let you, you guys know that Donnie's uh, mob nickname is Dogs. Dogs, yeah. Dogs. I did say that in the episode that I watched later on. He <laughs> loves Donnie the dog. But uh, so, um, so she's. But she's yeah. By the way, it. before they get into another terrible metaphor, he basically <laughs> says, "Hey, do you think the reason that you have no man in your life is because you're a cop?" He says that to her. What an idiot. Which, uh, idiot, but apparently she takes it to heart by the end of the episode. Oh, you're right, yeah. But no, that's some dumb, oh god. But then we get more of uh, C.A.M. and and Jack, like, grinding up at the club, because she's still trying to, like, play him. She says the most disgusting line besides bobbing for apples, when she says, my juices always flow whenever I see Uh your signature, because she wants him to give her a check. Ew, what? I don't remember that. (laughs) She says that. (laughs) Oh, that is upsetting, just on so many levels. I can't believe they got past the censors. <laughs> there were crazy. no censors in the 90s, Maura. Oh, my God. They're probably like, oh, she needs her blood pumping, you know? hysterical. Like, no. I can't, I am not. <laughs> yeah, but then she, so she, she, she's playing him, but she also tries to play Rob Estes again. And yeah, she, she basically, crying. she's like, yeah, just meet me at my place later and I'll take care of everything. Which, honestly, Jack should have been like, I don't know how. What? <laughs> And Caroline, you have a point. <laughs> she's back to s- <laughs> she's back to sitting on the ground to have this. I know. <laughs> no one sits on the couches. She's sitting in the hallway, like leaning. Oh, I assume she had just had a controlled slide after all the tears. <laughs> yes, she, yes. You, you don't do that on a couch. She's collapsed against a wall. Like her 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 knees are are bent to the left, like tucked under her, like she has collapsed. And you just know like that crying. all this, like, this was all very specific direction, oh, you know? <laughs> she's very fragile looking, and she, it's, like, it's shot, like, you see this shadow. It's like she's about to sing Lindsay Lohan's uh, Confessions of a Broken Heart, Jar the fa- Father, basically. Yeah. Or it's, like, every scene in that uh, Leanne Womack song, where she's just, like, like sliding down, like, doors and just, like, <laughs> can't stop the moonlight? I don't know. But so, yes, so can't so, fight the moonlight. Can't fight the moonlight. By Leanne Rhymes. She's just sliding down doors the whole entire music video. I'm probably wrong on that, but that's I, I feel like that is the, what the video is. Yeah, so <laughs> this is like her Leanne moment. Leanne Womack it should be Leanne Rhymes, get your shit together, oh, Maura. Yeah, sorry, that's the difference. But it should, like, <laughs> Leanne Rhymes should be pumping in the background as she drops to the bottom on her knees. I mean, Leanne always. Rhymes should often be just pumping in the background. Well, yeah. obviously, yeah. And so, uh, Rob Estes is kind of like, Well, we did, oh. we did, we did gloss over the fact that they had sex on her futon and fold-out couch. Yeah. So maybe the couch isn't comfortable, guys. Maybe what it's just not comfortable it, to sit on. Did she not just have a bed? I guess I it was know. a bed. I, I think, think it was a bed. No, it was a fold-out. It was definitely the couch. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, was I'm it? not kidding. <laughs> I need, that, I'm gonna that go back you and noticed. Check this. I want to go that back I and noticed. double check this. I kind of agree with you, but I want to like confirm it just because it's that's insane. That's the level of trust here is up insane. <laughs> an insult. You was well, I, I, I removed the too. dog from Hulu. <laughs> All right, well that's fair. Okay, <laughs> you're right. It is definitely the couch. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, so maybe it's just not comfortable to sit and sob wow. on, you know? Look, I thought that was true because I made the joke about like basically banging on that too, but it, I, it it almost seems improbable because she's this like crime boss and she's like sleeping on a futon, pull up couch. Why is she? Yeah. She did just move there two weeks ago. But at this yeah, point, I don't know. There's a lot be, of questions. At this point, she should already be living with the guy who she's like conning, right? Well, who even knows? Well, we what... gl- so then, you know, she can't we're be tied about down. her being on the floor for this very pivotal scene. Well, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. She, she first tells Chris, like, something really bad is happening. I can't tell you. You gotta come over here. 
and she's like sobbing. Obviously, not a reason to be suspicious at all. So for the worst detective in the world, she's still like sobbing on the floor once it's over, and then the twist happens. They're twins. Twins. And when we say (sighs) twins, we mean 1993, no budget for one actor playing twins, so they're never in the same frame. Mm-mm. It's no. amazing. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. The camera <laughs> angles they use to show them. Yeah, and so Nate had walked in. Way. My roommate had walked in while I was watching this. He goes, oh, so this is the one where Karen Moss plays twins, huh? And I was like, well, I guess so. I didn't see this coming by a mile. I mean, Latoya knows me. I was like, I had to stop it. I had to go back and rewatch it because I thought I was losing my mind. Because <laughs> it's basically the equivalent of, like, Carrie Ann Moss comes in and, like, hugs her, wearing the same exact outfit and everything. Like, it's very weird. It feels like a, like a fever which, dream yeah, or something. Which means, by the way, they, like, bought two of everything, pretty much, because... When she was wearing that yellow dress that she had zipped up, like, in front of Chris, then her, like, other twin, like, her twin was wearing that, too, with with Jack. So they had to, like, buy two of everything. Maybe that's why they're sleeping on a futon well, together. That's what twins they do. Afford it. They well, we mind. learn later that uh, the evil twin, uh, Lisa, believes that twins are exactly the same person. <laughs> Which is insane. Um, <laughs> yeah. Poor Lisa. But so they bought two of every outfit, yet they're still living on the futon, so they have some money coming in. But uh, so, am I? Are we to understand that they are? They're sleeping on the futon together. So where was the one sleeping that night? He he stayed over. She was probably fucking them. Jack. Lisa is the evil one. She's probably with Jack. Lana is the good one, and she was with Chris. So. There, uh, we're missing a beautiful flashback scene where we see them both simultaneously fucking similar-looking white guys. <laughs> that would have been oh, amazing. <laughs> That's but terrible. Yeah, it is terrible, but it felt like really on par with this show. Uh, but so, so she's she's now like getting comforted by her the the bad sister who's just like we're doing this because we need to. Because yeah, Lana's like I just want to go home, honestly. But it's like well, we got to do this, and then we're we're great, and we're set for life. That's like, why she has the perfect alibi, because yeah. it wasn't really her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she and she wants Lana to go uh, kill um, Sid while she de- deals with the whole Jack and Chris situation. How do you secretly have a twin, though? Like, I feel like that's something that people would know. They were separated at yeah. birth because their parents no, died. But, then, yeah, but they're but living when, there together. And when, then when the detectives <laughs> are investigating, they're like, okay, but this is weird. She appears to have served time in two separate places they figure at it the out. same time. And I was like, how... Did no one else notice this? Or, like, <laughs> couldn't they ask the landlord, like, hey, like, who lives here? Two this isn't, okay, Maura, this isn't the episode of Early Edition where the landlord just stays at his door waiting for people to show up. True, I guess. But it does, it just feels like a lot to suddenly be, like, all about, you know, them being secretly. Well, I assume only one of them, like, applied for the apartment, basically. Yeah, I guess. It's I don't, weird. I doubt they're both on the lease. That's a that's a good point. So maybe they're both coming and going. And everyone, there's a bunch of those like hilarious like ninety scenes where he's seeing the same person enter the room twice. And he's it's like, an Wait episode a of Saved by the Bell. Yes, it really does feel like an episode of Saved by the Bell. Cause, a like, sexy Saved by the Bell. Every once in a while, they go back to the police station, which the walls are painted purple or blue, and everything else is yellow and neon. It's strange. And it's all shot, like, it's, like, middle of the day, but there's shadows everywhere. <laughs> there's just always darkness in every corner. Because I guess, and there's, like, big palm trees on the front doors. It's just bizarre. But so they, they have the, um, who's the guy they have that go undercover? 
It's uh, Sid, the one who was the last one left and finally did work for uh, Jack because he's like, I don't want to be the next person to die. Oh, right. <laughs> so, yes, right, right. they have, they, they caught him and now they're like using him. To, but to, anyway, you know. like these, Jack's still trying to kill him because again, Jack's business practice is the worst thing. He, he even tries to kill a person who did start to work for him because they He's basically, <laughs> yeah, they plant the information that Sid has decided not to work for him and is going to work for the, you know, the people in New York, you know, those guys. It's it, it works more or less. I mean, it gets them riled, and yeah. so they try and track down. Rita um, makes an Oliver Stone joke for some reason. <gasps> so nice. <laughs> Jesus, and I do love all the scenes with Rob Estes and his cellular phone because it's like it's this massive like flip phone that looks like the size of a T one calculator. It's amazing, <laughs> and he's just like so hip looking because he's got this huge with a little antenna and everything. But, um, so she's giving him the rundown, and he's like, wait a minute, what? But yeah, when they actually, when they first get the DNA test uh, at the precinct, Rita and the captain aren't smart enough to realize, hey, these three alter egos might actually be more than one person. Nope. It's like, but no. then she, she calls uh, uh, Chris Rob and it's like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. And this is when I finally noticed that she has a fake parrot in her apartment. Oh really? Carrie Ann Moss, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when she's making out with Chris in that blue velvet ensemble, that is everything. Oh, and God. it's amazing. And he, and he, he pulls out like, a gun, right? You don't even gun. kiss. Yeah, you don't even kiss like your sister. Kiss like your sister. <laughs> like, but but he's like, but he had to do it, you know, just to make sure. There are so other ways you could have figured that bag. one out. He's such a dirtbag. He really is. And so she's she's kind of like frantic, like trying to get him to... Oh my god. I also went back to and look, there's definitely a fake parrot. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like in a cage. It's just hanging on a rope with a little like beam. That's such a terrible prop choice. Just get a goddamn parrot. And wait a minute, though. Also, in addition to that, I'm looking, because it was so amusing, on the same thing where there's in that, that neon moon that I was telling you about, there's also just a random, like, um, cup, it looks like, with nothing in it. Or, like, a vase with nothing in it. It's very what? strange. Well, it's like, why did they prioritize getting a neon moon when they need a bed? Right. <laughs> like, do they need to get their shit together? It's not very That's why they need Jack to be them. Not good at what they do. Yeah. yeah. So Jack shows up, so now it's two on one, basically against Chris and the worst detective in the world. Yeah, because he's like, "You're you're going to jail," but then well, he notices her scratch marks. Yeah, well, he already knew because she didn't didn't kiss like your sister. But then, yeah, then he points out the scratch marks instead of just again. He tips his hand. So gross! You don't kiss like your sister to sell. She's like the worst thing in the world. Yeah, Jack Jack shows up with a gun. And Chris keeps going looking gun. Yeah, on about like the twin shit, and Jack's like, "What are you talking about?" Like it's not. I don't know why uh, Chris assumes that that's going to be the thing that like drives them apart. A what? There's two of them. I don't understand what he thought was going to happen. Why would uh, Jack be upset that there were twins helping him? Does I think that's kind of ideal. It's like you got an extra, but I guess he feels just like betrayed or whatever. He doesn't even. He's just. He's so confused by what. Yeah. Chris is even saying. You can't blame him for that though, because surprise twins is a little bit insane for anybody to handle. <laughs> but still, he should have probably at least been like, okay, like try and roll with it. But he seems very like lost, which he's just benefits he's, Chris. He, he keeps asking, like, what is he talking about? I'm so confused. 
so good. And then we cut to another amazing scene of Carrie and Moss. The, uh, she's the other Carrie and Moss going to meet up with uh, oh. what's his name. Uh, it was sick, and she just yeah. has a gun but, sitting on the like pat- on, like, on her seat next this, to yeah. her thigh, as you do. Also, the, <laughs> the... seems incredibly unsafe. It's like balanced <laughs> on the seam of the seat near her like, thigh. <laughs> the second you start driving and it's something's balanced it like fall. that, it falls. Also, for some reason, the captain is there for the sting, and he's just like pumping no spray because of his allergies. So, because so of course he is. <laughs> like you're you're right with the stereotypical old Jewish man stuff because he's like literally like ah my allergies I'm spitzing like sniffing like huffing the 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 whatever allergy nose spray stuff it's gross but the other the, the good twin is Lana feeling conflicted she's not really she, wanting she, to do this she gets anymore. to the side but she's like nope I, and then she's like I can't do this Lisa I'm sorry I can't and she do talks this. to herself <laughs> It's so awful. Because, again, twins are the same person. So and Lisa can hear that. And she stops in the middle of the road and just it says, just like, turns I can't around. do this, Lisa, to, to nobody. And, and like, around. not with anything approaching emotion. Can no, just, like... just says it in that same scary, like, vacant expression. Just like, I can't do this, Lisa. Like, <laughs> it's like the second she apart. had to act as two different people, yeah. she was just like, it's like twice as hard, forget it. Never mind. <laughs> And I put all my effort into the evil one. She did, I think. I and think so Meanwhile, too. the evil one is getting his cell phone out from his mm-hmm. Jack pocket. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Rita's trying to call Chris. Again but and again. And also, like, so Jack is still so confused by this whole twin Jack's situation. Jack's face is like, what? The entire time. <laughs> and then Chris says the episode title. I was like, it was the, that's why she has the perfect alibi. Like, shut up. Title drop. But yeah, so he's so he's got his hands up. She's still got the gun this on is, him. And this is where she gives a speech about how twins are the same person. <laughs> it's still like the weirdest like what no, they're not no they're not but then he goes running yeah he tries Jack, that funny Jack's, business Jack's gun goes off yeah, she runs away <laughs> but wait a minute he shoots Jack in the thigh she runs out of the house with her arms hanging out like she <laughs> it was the weirdest <laughs> so, like, oh god everything about her running and shooting is my favorite thing in the world so she runs out, like, I mean, her arms are, are pushed out like she's a zombie, and she runs out of the room like a little kid yeah, screaming. Yeah, Chris, it's uh, weird. Yeah, Chris cuffs Jack real quick, and he chases her. And, and he, literally- he jumps favorite, over the fence. It was great. Like, my favorite thing, thing in the world is Carrie Ann Moss's shooting pose, because she, like, she doesn't keep running and just shoot. She stops, and then, <laughs> like, there's amazing. a Charlie's Angels pose, it's and then she beautiful. runs some more. <laughs> yeah, like, we should describe it. So she's, she's climbing up this, like, hilly mountain thing. And she just stops because she has heels on. And she's just not going to make it. So she turns around and shoots him. <laughs> she's not going to make, make it. I don't know what she was trying for there. It's like a very steep incline. And she's got like three inch pumps on. But so she's <laughs> got the gun. She stops, turns around, and then like it's like that that uh that painting where it's like the girl sit- sitting in the middle of the the, the, lo- the big giant field. She just turns around. <laughs> oh and, like, yes. Her- I don't know who's. I don't know what painting that is. It's like a girl in a field or whatever. Oh but, God. Yes. Uh, it's Andrew Wyeth, right? Andrew Wyeth. Yeah. So it's like she turns around like that but with a gun. Her body sort of like <laughs> twisted around. Yeah, and so then she good. just shoots him with her hair like blowing in the wind. Like it really does. It's Charlie's Angels. It's like just, it's just insane. And she just, she stops. But then of course her sister, the good, tw- the good twin shows up in the background. Of course she's wearing deep blue and then the good twin is wearing all white. White, because... of course. <laughs> and then we also get like his mustard suit and then we get uh, Jody Little. Oh, Keeps, the mustard like, suit. Pink the thing. all pink pantsuit. <laughs> so every, it's like every color is represented here. It's like all primary colors. And uh, so he just turns around like, what? It's 
you really are a twin, and she's, the other, the good twin is kind of like, I don't want you to take my sister in, but yeah, cause, I'm conflicted. Because uh, Lisa's keeping like, yeah, they're gonna um, separate us and all this stuff, basically, and so you have to shoot the cop, pretty much. And like, the- I, don't, I can't do this, I can't do this, and... Honestly, I I will say one thing I really kind of liked about this whole thing was the fact that even though Lana was the evil twin, like, she actually cared about her sister. I think that was very important, that she wasn't just, like, using her, which was the expected thing, you know? I mean, she was using her, but but when it comes to her getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of it all, like, she actually did care about her in her own crazy way, which usually you wouldn't get. And we get this insane shootout scene. <laughs> my where... favorite thing in the world! Oh so, so she Why? basically... Why? Why did she know. think she, she needed to shoot Rita? <laughs> so, Why? okay, several things happen here. So, she turns around. Well, she's, she's about to shoot. She's got her gun trained on Chris at first, because Chris is in between her and her sister. Yeah. And then she realizes things are going to go sour, so she tries to basically shoot. draw attention away from her sister and shoot Rita. And, and she turns God, around. I start laughing Rita, so hard. Rita does not hesitate for a second. Mm. She just shoots And you just her. see, like, uh, Lisa with the muted, Lana! Yeah, it's <laughs> muted, but Lana, no! And it's but like it's silent. Slow-mo, and she's like, slow-mo gets hit, too. So she kind of, like, shakes and falls down. <laughs> but, like... But also, they don't even have the budget to show blood. No! Like, there's, there's no, no blood, blood at all. So I was like, did she hit her? I like, know! At all? I thought the same thing. And she just collapses, so you assume that she hit her hard. You don't even know where. Because it's not visible, like, yeah, they don't her, show. Like, yeah. her chest down. So it's gotta be, like, at least, like, a gut shot. And so she falls to the ground, and then we get her, well, obviously her sister Lana comes running over, and she's like, oh no! And the the two cops, like, like casually meander over while this girl lays dying because so, they shot her. I'm so, and then- I the guess color- Lisa's gonna go just willingly to prison with them? I guess. But also, the color thing was already ridiculous, but then when they're on the street, it's like the blue is mixed with the with the white- and their hair is, like, dark brownish black. And then you have, like, yellow and, and pink, like, standing over them. It's so weird. I'll, sh- I'll show a picture in the, in the, in the description. But it's, it's just too much uh, monochrome. So it just seems, like, almost like a joke how much they all are just standing around there. But she takes, uh, just, takes the gun. Lisa's just cradling her and crying. Yeah, well, she's yeah, dead, Yeah, also, basically. like, Rita seems super fine having yeah! killed someone. They both like, do. Like, totally chill. They, like I said, they strut over just like, oh, hey. Oh, no. That sucks. But it's like, you're the one that just killed her. You shot her. You just killed a person. There was no real need to like shoot to kill. You hadn't killed anyone. Why did she shoot to kill too? Just like you honestly just needed to wing her because like again she's never killed anyone. She's probably never been shot. Like she's never shot a gun. Yeah, you'd be fine just to wing her. Just wing her shoulder or her hand or something. Like you don't have to shoot her right in the goddamn heart, which is what I guess she does. (laughs) She goes down like a ton of bricks and just is dead. Yep, she's it's just dead over. immediately. She's being but then, no, but no, not before she tells Lisa oh, right. that they'll be they'll be together forever. Forever, Aww. you know, like in death. Are <laughs> you all over there, Latoya? Why no. wouldn't I? Oh, it was sweet. Uh, it was, it oh was my ridiculous. god, Latoya! <laughs> <laughs> that was not. I wouldn't call that sweet. It was more like okay. She but finally then, has peace. Yeah. No thanks for oh. goddamn sister. So <laughs> everything kind of like slow moves after that to. Um, I don't know where they go back. It's They're at like, Rita's place. Rita's That's Rita's house. home. On the floor in front of the couch. Oh my god, you're right. I know I'm right. Wait, 
Wait a minute. And that's how you know shenanigans are going <laughs> whoa, down. Whoa, 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 whoa. You are absolutely right. It's Why a conspiracy, man. Why does nobody man? sit on a couch in this show? It's too formal for these ne'er-do-well detectives. But also, he like really does try and hit on her, and it's a little like, weird. He's, about to, he's ready to just make out with her. She's very and worried again, that being a cop has ruined her personal life. Right, and she and they're both completely fine with her having Please. killed this person. Being a cop is her is her personal yeah, they, life. Like, they like, bring they bring up the whole thing. It's like maybe relationships are just toxic. Is what the, that's the moral they get from this like twin sister situation. <laughs> being like like loving someone leads to just death. I that's do love the... that there's also like a VHS on the floor too, so it's kind of God like damn. a nice closer to the VHS. Frame. I hope I hope it's a counterfeit VHS. Right, and there's some like pink pillows everywhere it's I, the, the couch design of this show is very strange very strange but then they're just kind of sitting there uh his arm around her and watching whatever vhs they have and i love this show because it does that classic like 90s thing where it freeze frames and then shows the credits over their freeze framed face <laughs> yeah and well, then no, the first, and the, then the first the credit that it smashes to yeah. is a glass of roofie champagne yeah it's it's pretty much the, sums up the episode yeah. it's all clips from the uh, opening credits basically freeze framed so it's amazing it's very amazing Ooh, and, uh, that's basically that. I mean, Latoya, it makes so much sense, so much of everything because of this episode. So you, did you watch this, like, as it aired, or did you No, I was not case? allowed to. I was a youth. Okay, well, who knows, Latoya? Who knows? Was this, like, wait, was this one of those shows where you're like, when I'm old enough, I'm going to watch Silk Stock? Yes. Oh, my God. I finally did. Everything. Like, really does explain I really honestly watched, like, the first three seasons, because it's, honestly, if I tried to watch the whole season, it would just consume my life, like, the whole series. I, yeah. I can't do it. So, I, eight, I've watched... Eight or nine seasons, right? Yeah. And so, I watched, started watching it, like, uh, 2012, basically, and I'm just like, I should watch this, because I never got the chance to as a youth, because I wasn't allowed <laughs> to. Aww. And Aww. it lived up to expectations, and, and then some. Oh my god. Well, I mean, this was, I mean, it was surreal. Everything it about really it, felt, was. it felt like a painting or something. Like, I was watching a painting. To realize how long that went on. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where you realize how much money is spent on things like this. Well, they must have, this must have been relatively a hit, right? Or at least, like, it made some kind of... I, I guess these were just really cheap to make, honestly. Because again, I mean, yeah. To be fair, like there were a couple scenes where their voices were like echoing. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That was the 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 sound mixing was really weird, and also the the um uh the neon stuff seems like obviously they they try to make it look like you know expensive, but that also looked like something you could get at Five Below, Mm. which I didn't think existed then, but it was the equivalent of a Five Below in the Mm. nineties. Like the thing is, the first two seasons I said they were on CBS where they're doing their crime time. uh, after primetime thing, which basically was a failed experiment, which is why it got canceled. So they had another show called Tropical Heat, aka Sweating Bullets, and Urban Angel. Like I'm looking at what the show they had. They had Urban Forever Angel. Night, and The Exile, Scene of the Crime, Dangerous Curves, Fly by Night, Silk Stockings, and Dark Justice, which was later apparently rerun on TNT. But then it moved to USA, which at the time, like USA was barely a network. Uh, like I said, they had Pacific Blue and uh, La Femme Nikita and The Big Easy and just a bunch of other shows like that. And Weird Science, they always uh, aired on here, too. Um, we should say, too, this was uh, written and produced, I think, by Stephen Cannell, right? Mm-hmm. So it was oh very of the 
era where it was he if you've ever yeah if you don't know who Stephen Cannell he like just like Jump Street looking everything. at the end of the credits where it shows his production Maybe. logo and it's him on a typewriter yeah oh that was always his thing and uh, actually I mean everything about this show is of the era yeah sure. that is true well well even like he also did like old stuff too from the seventies was like Rock Road Files and and mm-hmm. uh, Beretta and City of Angels all that stuff Adam Twelve like, back in the day. But another A-team, thing is that yeah. he actually guest starred more recently on, before he passed away, he had guest starred on Castle. And I think a lot of Castle's, like, you know, yeah, witty I, banter stuff is based on his type of writing. And he, I honestly said in my notes, this show is what Castle wishes it were. Yeah, it really does. I mean, it's, and it, down to the, like, whole, like, her whole cop thing, it just, she feels like a very much the same you know, ilk of uh, Beckett. Like I know is. we keep mentioning Castle on this podcast for some reason, but it's it's very very applicable every time we mention oh, it. That makes sense. I think we do. I think Castle is one of those shows that brings in a lot of elements of other shows, so this just happens to be the type of show that is one of the ones that influenced it greatly. Because, I mean, he showed up on the show as one of Castle's writing buddy poker friends, as mm-hmm. Stephen Cannell. And then when he did pass away, they did, like, an honorary... Like, they showed that, that typewriter clip at the end of the episode. So, like, I think a lot of that style of just, like, crazy, unambiguously insane cop show stuff was just very much them... I think this is one of his later series, too. So he's this is him, like, you know, hitting it out of this the park. This is definitely his longest-running series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was... I, I mean, honestly, for all the things I had to say about it, which were many, I think it, it was also just very interesting to watch. Like, it was not something that you're bored. I was never like, what's happening? This is boring. Was, well, except for the metaphors, I gotta yeah, say. Yeah, that was a little boring. Those... But... The actual, like, mob intrigue, I was like, I don't... I, can't like yeah can't See, follow it I don't part know what's happening. of the appeal of the show for me is because it honestly is one of those shows it's just kind of easy to really marathon because it's so insane and ridiculous each episode i'm just curious to see what insane silk stalking will happen next honestly it does seem like the kind of thing you could have on in the background and stuff's happening and Agreed. then an insane moment will happen that'll exactly make it worth it. then all of a sudden she's twins she's twin. like yes like twins God, that is still one of the craziest Ugh. Well, do we? I think we kind of wrapped it up. Do you guys have any other notes that we didn't go over? Um, um let me see I, if my my notes. No, I, I mean my notes are pretty much like prosciutto, prosciutto, prosciutto. <laughs> is Rob Estes hot? This investigation is really professional. Everyone's bad at their jobs. Prosciutto twins. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I think we covered that. Yeah. Yes, we did. Um, I will say that. Um, the first time I watched this episode, I decided it was the inspiration for uh, ABC Family's deceased series, The Lying Game. It's basically mm. the same thing. Uh, I also uh, realized that in a reboot of Silk Stockings, which there should definitely be. There should be. That'd be great. Uh, it should star uh, Michael Trevino of Vampire Diaries and Margaret Laviva, formerly of Revenge. There we go. I mean, oh, yeah, that'd that. be good. But I feel like. So much of this, so much of the beauty of this show was the 1993 setting. How would you translate that to a modern audience? You do it exactly the same. Okay, that's perfectly a thousand percent behind that. Nothing changes. Okay, that that I'm behind. But it would just be better production values and slightly better, I mean, the writing is fine. Better neon. Crazy. No, I think you do exactly the same budget. (laughs) Like, you don't even adjust for inflation. Okay. Yes. And it's kind of, or maybe it could be like an Arsherio Paul situation. Oh yes, yes. you know where it's just the same thing. Oh, yes. that'd be great. I would. That totally would be watch great. That. We need to like find a way to pitch that to someone who will make it happen. 
<sighs> well, all right, we can get to plugs, though, because I think we're, we're pretty much set on what we've said. Everyone's kind of... I mean, I'm exhausted after having <laughs> watched that. <laughs> we ran the gamut. But so what's up with you, LaToya? Of course, you can find me on Twitter at LaFergs. Uh, I find my writing on AV Club and elsewhere. I um, also want to plug Silk Stockings. Obviously. obviously. And I want to plug me being responsible for a reboot of Silk Stocking. So if anyone in Hollywood is listening to this podcast, <laughs> w- interesting. <laughs> and also, uh, just let me do this. Let me do this. <laughs> Let me do give, this. Give me my dream. Oh my god, I love it. Awesome. And oh, when you up, ask so nicely. What's up with you, Caroline? I'm reviewing Orphan Black over at AV Club. That's kind of my main thing right now. Awesome. It's incredibly complicated. It takes me a very long time, so read my reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on Twitter as Caroline Framke. I'm doing some recaps at Vulture. I think that's kind of what I'm doing. All right, awesome. And as always, I am at Mara E on Twitter. Next week's Hangout Mr. Cooper will be American Sniper. And the next episode of this show will be Stacked, Season 2, Episode 1, Nobody Says I Love You. And for those of you not familiar with Stacked, that's me, Pamela Anderson, works at a bookstore sitcom. So stay tuned for that. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at The Televoid. You can email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. Um, And then, in general, thanks for wandering into the teleport, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.